0: and welcome to the Amazing Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If, by chance, you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today, we're looking at chapters 11 through 14 of 1 Corinthians. The Apostle Paul started his letter addressing concerns that he had heard about in their church, Then he answered some questions that the church had sent him about marriage and worship, and now Paul addressed issues of public worship, such as the dress of both men and women, how to partake of the Lord's Supper, the use of spiritual gifts, especially with regards to speaking in tongues. And in chapter 13, we have what is known as the love chapter, because love is the most excellent way. The key to this whole section is that all things must be done properly and in an orderly manner. Chapter 11 begins, Be imitators of me, just as I am of Christ. One thing to keep in mind is the Gospels were not yet written, and so they did not have the books that we have that teach us about Jesus' life. But Paul is the apostle that started this church and he is telling them to imitate his lifestyle. He then gave a word of praise to them about how they were following his traditions, which he had set up with them. Paul then gets started with the authority of the church, which begins that Christ is the head of every man. Christ is the authority of his church. Then he says that the man is the head of a woman. This is believed to be in marriage. And God is the head of Christ. Now keep in mind that in the Trinity, Jesus is also God. Yet he humbled himself to the authority of the Father in like manner. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 tells us that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Females are also created in the image of God, but when she gets married, she puts herself under the authority of her husband. He then goes into the custom of the day about how men should not have their heads covered when praying and prophesying, which was much more Greek in thought than in Hebrew thought. Then he said that women should have their heads covered when they pray and prophesy, because if it's not covered, then it is as if she had a shaved head, which probably represented or showed what an adulteress would look like. Paul then talked about the creation story of Genesis 2 and how Adam was made first in God's image and then Eve. He also mentioned that the woman was made for the man as a helpmate. Then he said in verse 10, therefore the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. This is one of those verses that I plan on asking the Lord about when I see him face to face. But I just read that perhaps it's in reference to the earlier verse in chapter 6 verse 3 when it says that we will judge the angels. But I'm not fully sure what this means and neither do any of the commentaries it seems. Paul then says, however in the Lord, neither is woman independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as the woman originated from the man, so also the man through the woman, and all things originate from God. Anyone that is born has come through the woman, even Jesus. We are not independent, but dependent upon one another. Then for me, verse 13 sums up the issue for today. Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? The argument then goes on to how men should have short hair and women long, and then verse 16 reads, but if one is inclined to be contentious, we have no other practice, nor have the churches of God. These two verses seem to give flexibility throughout the ages and societies of what is proper. The key is is that we do not dishonor the Lord or our husbands with our dress or our actions. Verse 17 through 22 of chapter 11 began the issue of taking the Lord's Supper. According to my New Testament notes, verse 20 is the only place in the Bible that it is called the Lord's Supper. Their habit was to eat a meal before the partaking of the Lord's Supper, but the way they went about it was not the potluck style where everyone got all they wanted, but it was the rich ate well and the poor ate little, and then some would even get drunk. Paul was not happy. Then Paul reminded them of his teaching of the meal. And the Lord Jesus, the night he was betrayed, took the bread, gave thanks and broke it. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, the cup after the supper. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Then Paul adds, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Many times verses 27 through 34 are ignored, but Paul says that because we are eating the bread and the cup of the Lord, then we should examine ourselves and make sure that we are not taking it in an unworthy manner. For when we do, we may bring judgment upon ourselves. Ladies, from my own experience, there was one time that we took the Lord's Supper at church, and I was mad at a fellow church member, so much so that I did not want to confess my anger. I did not want to forgive. So I had enough sense to know that I did not have a right heart before the Lord in order to eat his bread and drink his cup. Because at that moment, I was in disobedience and I did not want to change. I also did not want to make it worse by bringing judgment upon myself. Paul ends this section by saying he will say more about this when he comes to visit. Chapter 12 is about spiritual gifts. Paul began acknowledging he knew that many of them were pagan and had worshiped mute idols. But in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit. And only through the Holy Spirit can a person say that Jesus is Lord. And if someone said Jesus is accursed, then they are not from the Holy Spirit. Then he said that not everyone has the same gifts, but they all have the same Lord. Then he said that the giving of the gifts are for the common good not for selfish gain. Paul then listed various gifts, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. We don't go looking for various gifts. The Holy Spirit gives them to us as he so chooses Paul then used the example of the body and how each person is a different body part, but we all need each other to be whole. Verse 18, but now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. Then he said that each one is important. This makes me think of when COVID hit and we had great appreciation for people who were often overlooked, like the garbage people and the postal workers and the janitors. These were the people that were essential workers. Each member is important and each member should receive the same care and not be overlooked. Paul then mentioned various gifts and positions in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then healings, helps, administration, kinds of tongues and interpretation. We are not all gifted the same way. And then verse 31, but earnestly desire the greater gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. And ladies, that way is love. I hope you are reading this chapters, especially chapter 13, because it is truly beautiful. Paul took various gifts and then said, if I do it without love, then I am nothing. And what I do without love amounts to nothing. This section ends with verse 13, but now faith, hope, love, abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. See ladies, there is a time when faith and hope will be no more because we will see Jesus face to face and not need them anymore. But love, love continues forever. Chapter 14 begins, pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. But especially that you may prophesy. He then compares prophecy to speaking in tongues. The benefit of prophecy is that it is a word from the Lord spoken to the people. In verse 4, Paul said that the one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, unless there is one who can interpret, so that the church may be edified. He then compared it to playing a trumpet, and if you just make noise with it, then the soldiers won't understand the meaning of the sound. He then said that the purpose of the gifts is to edify the church, to build up the body of believers. Paul also explained that one benefit of praying in a tongue is that your spirit prays, but your mind is unfruitful. So it's better to pray with our spirit and mind and to sing with our spirit and mind. Paul said that he did speak in tongues. However, in the church, and that is the key, in the church, I desire to speak five words with my mind so that I may instruct others also, rather than 10,000 words in a tongue. Verse 26, what is the outcome then, brethren, when you assemble? Each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. Do you see this word that keeps repeated throughout? if tongues then two or three and only if an interpreter if not then the tongues must be silent in the church he is to speak to himself and to God if two or three prophets then others test those spirits and make sure they are from God if one who is seated has a revelation then the one who is speaking is to be silent second time we've heard that word verse 33 For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Verses 34 through 36, Paul said that the women are to keep silent in the churches. That's the third group. For they are not permitted to speak, but they are to subject themselves to their husbands. If they have questions, then they are to ask their husbands at home, for it is improper for a woman to speak in church. Now, just a few things to notice with these difficult verses. First of all, did you notice that it was not just women who were to keep silent? There are times for tongues and prophets both to be silent. Secondly, keep in mind that in chapter 11, verse 5, women are allowed to pray and prophesy in church. So talking is something different. Now, I've heard various things with regards to this, one that women sat on one side of the worship location and men at the other. So they were asking their husbands on the other side of the room, which caused confusion. Another view is that this is in reference to speaking in tongues. Also, many women were not educated. So they may have been asking a lot of questions in the service that could have been answered later on at home so that it doesn't cause confusion in the service. What I know in my own life is one time I was leading music during a business meeting and a group of ladies were sitting in a row together because there was a certain issue to be discussed and I watched them whispering and speaking to one another and I thought, oh this is what paul was talking about when he said women should not talk in church what is clear is that we are not to disrupt the church service but we are to edify the church verses 39 and 40 read therefore my brethren desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak in tongues but all things must be done properly and in an orderly manner. That is the issue with this section. A few other points I'd like to make about speaking in tongues. It is clear in this passage that not everyone speaks in tongues. So it is not a sign of true salvation. It is a gift from God. Secondly, speaking in tongues caused problems in the church in Corinth. And that needed to be addressed. So our churches should be aware of that possible problem. Lastly, Paul said that we should not forbid it. But it is only done in the worship service when there is an interpreter. And if not, then they are to be silent. So ladies, has anything jumped out at you today in our lesson? Do you know what your gifts are from the Holy Spirit? It is okay to actively seek them and to ask the Lord to reveal them to you. Are you using your gifts to edify the church of our Lord Jesus Christ? Have you taken the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner? Today, if you hear God's voice, don't harden your heart. Instead, let's be women who pray and obey and edify the Lord's church. Until next time, and thank you so much for listening.